You're listening to the Acceptably Real podcast with Joe and Jerry on Anchor.fm, where the weird, the wild, and the unknown are fair play. Enjoy the show. Hey, Joe. Hey, Jerry. How's it going? Oh, wow, man. What a, what a time we're living in. I tell you what, I, I'm just sitting here. I'm sipping some absinthe. I'm trying to not watch the news. I'm seeing that, you know, how we were talking about civil war. Now everybody's talking about civil war. I really don't want to be right. (laughs) Well, did you see it? Well, did you see this graph? Somebody, some news channel was showing this graph where it was like, it wouldn't be North versus South. It would be like the central States versus like the coastal States. Yeah. Well, no, actually, no, I didn't see that, but I, I don't even think it would be states. It'd be like, be county against county. Or something like that. You're right. <laughs> it, it's weird. It's like you go over one neighborhood, it's all like one candidate signs. Next neighborhood, it's like the next different candidate, you know? And it's just Oh, weird. man. It is so scary out there. Let's let's distract ourselves from this. I, I know you've got a really interesting topic you want to cover, and I didn't. I don't know anything about it. So I'm going to be like learning in this episode. Okay. So I want to ask you a question. All right. And I just want your honest answer. Okay. We live in the United States of America. The year is 2020. Mm -hmm. How secure do you think our government security network systems are? Well, I think Edward Snowden kind of... uh... Kind of blew the lid off that. I, I, I have a bad feeling that we're pretty hackable. Exactly. That's why tonight I wanted to go over a man who hasn't really been so well known, unless you were super into, you know, the mainstream media back in like the early two thousands. Uh huh. A Scottish systems administrator named Gary McKinnon. Now. This story, I'm going to preface the story with, um, he did do these things. Um, He admits it. He has been on living in fear for good 10 years um, because, you know, he, this guy's um, Scottish and what this guy did was between 2001 and 2002, um, he got a hold of this hacker's kind of cookbook um, to where it had different Perl scripts, um, different little scripting languages that you could run this code against uh, different IP networks and find vulnerabilities. So Okay. Yeah, we, we call those script kitty scripts. Exactly. And so this, okay. this is what this guy did. Um, between 2001 and 2002, he was doing it against the U.S. government military networks. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, found, he found a butt-ton of vulnerabilities. Oh, my God. He hacked here. He hacked there. He hacked everywhere. Um, now, say what you want about hacking. Everybody has kind of seems to have their own um, mindset about it and whether or not, you know, the morality of it and whatever. So, Gary likes to say that the whole purpose of his hacks 
or to find suppressed evidence of free energy and UFO cover-up activity. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So Gary is interesting because this was known as the biggest military computer hack of all time. Gary went so far as to hack NASA. That's right, everybody. NASA. Our NASA. And again, like I said before, this is all real. You can go look this up. It's all good. Um, and so he he was caught in maybe 2002. Uh, kind of he so he was doing this consecutively, like nightly. Uh, you know, he would say that, oh, I you know didn't really do anything. I was kind of down, and I was just never leave the house. I'd be in my PJs all the time, and at night from you know 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. I'd be hacking like nobody's business. Um, so he would actually go in under the name Solo. That was his pseudonym. And he would do this from his girlfriend's, I believe her, his, her aunt's house in London. So he's Scottish, but he's in England. Okay. Uh huh. And so this is over a 13 month period between February of 2001 and March of 2002 under the name Solo. And so what he would do, he would go in and every, well, not everyone probably, but the majority of the servers that he got into, he left a message saying your security is crap or random messages like that. Uh huh. And so his his excuse that you know it was just for UFOs or it's just for this was is kind of you know take it with what a grain of salt I would say. Well, he wasn't doing anything destructive, and he wasn't stealing information and selling it. Correct. Well, that's that's a thing, right? Because oh, okay, all right. He wasn't selling anything, no, but. Hacking, and you can look this up, if you gain access to anybody's account, government, non-government entity, that's considered, you know, um, like breaking and entering, kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that's not that bad. Um, Well, then, I mean, what I'm saying is he would be almost considered a white hat hacker then. I'd say gray hat. Gray hat's kind of a a mix between white and black because it's... Gray hat or white hat's more so for your um your hired you've been white. hired to do it yeah, yeah. okay gray, gray hat's like eh, you're kind of sketchy dude black yeah. hats for nefarious purposes right so, yeah um so he did say on one machine on, on a server he left this message that un u.s foreign policy is akin to government sponsored terrorism these days it was not a mistake that there was a huge security stand down on september 11th last year i am solo I will continue to disrupt at the highest levels. Um, and so this was right after, and it wasn't right after 9-11, but this is right around then, right? Uh-huh. And so he deleted, so right after the September 11th attacks, he deleted weapons logs um, on the Earl Naval Weapons Station, rendering 300 computers inoperable and paralyzing munitions supply deliveries for the U.S.'s Naval Navy's Atlantic Fleet. So, oh, okay, so that's destructive. Yeah, that's pretty destructive. So <laughs> that's again, destructive. This was February 2001 in March 2002, and so I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not in the government, right? I don't know how the investigations work there. But I imagine that these kind of attacks got their attention around September 11th, right? Um, oh, I bet. 
And at the time, like I know how cloud computing works now. I I would imagine these days, like you know, the Pentagon has a cloud deal with like Azure or AWS with Amazon, and they have all these auditing things in place right now. But back then, in the '90s, early 2000s, those weren't really that in ex- much in existed. Or if you had like an admin account, you weren't really audited, or you know, your mm-hmm. access wasn't really looked at as suspicious. If that makes sense. Um, so the U S authorities actually said that the tracking him down and correcting the problems that he caused cost nearly a million dollars. So that's something, but that's them putting their value on it. Right. So he was interviewed after police and this is where he gave them the, um, the whole spiel about he was doing it for UFOs. Now, now, hold on to your seats, folks, because in a little, I'm going to go over, you know, he was caught, what he said, um, the extradition, and then I'm going to go into the juicy stuff of what he actually found. Because uh, it's really, really, really cool. And um, you can believe what you want. Um, I choose to believe this stuff because there have been numerous people kind of vouching for this and the freedom of information act if you don't know is where you can go fill out a form for the government and they give you documents that are declassified that are publicly available right um (laughs) with a lot of redacted spaces (laughs) that's correct right so so this guy he's in britain and um if you don't know what happens if you're in a different country um you, you go through this process called extradition. Yeah. Now, there was this thing where um, the UK enacted that extradition act of 2003, um, but they basically chalked it up to appealing it over and over and over again. So it was like 10 years. And then like 10 years later, which was I think in 2012, um, the House of Lords in UK, um, or I think maybe Theresa May, or both of them, um, announced that the extradition had been blocked. Now I'm gonna. This is this is in quotes. Okay, this is Theresa May speaking here. So Mr. McKinnon is accused of serious crimes, but there is also no doubt that he is serious, seriously ill. He has Asperger syndrome and suffers from this depressive illness. Mr. McKinnon's extradition would give rise to such a high risk of him ending his life that a decision to extradite would be incompatible to Mr. McKinnon's human rights. End quote. Okay. What this means is, you know, the U.S. wanted to imprison him for all he's worth, take all his money, all that stuff. But for some reason, the British government blocked extradition. Now, this is one of the more prominent cases where this has happened and it hasn't happened too much. Now, this is interesting um, in that he's likely to face something akin to community service, you know, picking up litter on the side of the highway, something Uh like that. Now, the next thing, what I want to go into is what he found. Okay. So like I said earlier, he had hacked into NASA. He was looking for proof that UFOs existed. He was looking for proof that the government was suppressing free energy, zero point energy. Um, And boy, did he find some stuff. 
Okay. So I'm going to get into the little bits and I'll, then I'll get into the big bits. Okay. Uh, so little bits. He had found pictures, uh, JPEGs at the time of cigar shaped crafts. He had found pictures which proved to him that the images taken by the moon landing or um, miscellaneous space missions where photos have been doctored to edit out UFOs or, or different crafts from one picture before they were released, release the pictures to the press. Uh, so that's one thing. Other thing he, he claimed to find was top secret fleet of eight to 10 space warships in space with around 25 non-terrestrial terrestrial officers on their books. Now, I'm going to wait a second. Have you processed that in your head? And I'll get back to it. Not non-terrestrial officers? So with around 25 non-terrestrial officers on their books. Okay. <laughs> and, and spreadsheets spreadsheets full of transfers from ship to ship, including names, species, stuff like that. You and I recently were talking about a, I don't know, he might be a little non-president known as Ronald Reagan. Yeah, um, good old Ronnie Reagan. Ronnie Reagan. On April 13th of 2009, the U.S. National Archive, Archives released nearly 260,000 pages of documents from the Reagan administration, including his personal diary to the public. So at the end of a meeting, Ronald Reagan wrote in June 11th, 1985, um, about the existence of a, he wrote, about the existence of a classified space program that can transport and accommodate hundreds of astronauts. His diary highlights that he has received several sessions of information on the subject. The records indicate that he might have important records about the strategic command fleet. And this information was corroborated by Gary McKinnon. So Gary at the time didn't have this information but he knew about this program and the program's project name or code name was something called solar warden. Okay. So supposedly we have fleets of space warships of different sizes of different species races in space to combat something. And that's completely. And so he, he knew about this, right? He had the name in his head. This was back in 2001, 2002. And here in 2009, the U.S. National Archives, you know, released this information. And so he saw some shit, right? Isn't that insane? Like this, he, he didn't look this up on the Internet. He found this when he looked at NASA's data. Huh. Yeah. Uh, how, I mean, okay. Let's just, I want you to pause and take your temperature here. Do you, how, how much of this do you really think is real? About 79%. Okay. All right. Continue. Okay. So he told the judges uh, when he was in England that in the press, even you can look this up, that he found evidence of the technologies of alien origin. He found evidence of energies that the government knows about 
that uh, are capable of stopping global warming, uh, evidence of gravity devices, and the existence of the real fleet capable of driving huge distances throughout cosmic space. Now, this is important to me in, in that, you know, last week's episode, we talked about aliens and all that jazz. Um, we also talked a bit about a man named Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bob Lazar was the guy, you know, who supposedly worked for um, the U.S. government in um, near Las Vegas. And he's the one who released all the data, which George Knapp, uh, the investigative reporter and Coast to Coast AM host, um, released to the world, um, to which became the legend of Area 51. So with Bob's, you know, um, stuff that he kind of came out with and was trying to tell people since that was kind of proven a little bit, um, and Gary McKinnon coming out and then in 2009, that was kind of proven a little bit, you know, to me, there's, there's something there. There has to be now. Do I think that in space there are huge crafts to where we can see them? I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe not. But I think that we have enough amateur astronomers out there that would see something, don't you? Like if there were some interstellar fleet like out there? Well, now, if, if there are warships, let's think about this, though. So let's let's just assume it's all real. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to design a warship in space and you don't want it to be seen, what color would you make it? <laughs> That's a good question. I guess a dark color. <laughs> dark color is not going to be seen. The only thing you're going to see if you're an amateur astronomer is, is something reflecting sunlight. Okay. And so it would have to be silvery or, or white. And uh, I, I already know that warships are painted to blend into the background of things. So these are actual warships. And folks, I'm not saying I'm buying all this, but I'm, I'm just going to uh, accept it for the premise of the show. I would say it would be very easy to hide anything. And also, space is very, very big. I don't care how big the spaceship is. Space is huge, you know. Uh, I, I do know, though, that the other night, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was in the backyard and I saw the uh, International Space Station fly over, and it was huge. It's bright. In fact, if I had the wherewithal to grab my um, my uh, Nikon P1000, it's got a 3,000 millimeter lens on it, I could have actually taken a picture of it because I've seen people do that with that actual camera. But that thing, it's white and it's silvery and it's got stuff all over it that reflects. It's Of course, you're going to see that. It looks like a star and it's really close. It's not that far away. You know, it's going to be like all those Elon Musk um, um, uh, uh, Starlink satellites are going up. In, fa- in fact, they'll, then here's an interesting thing. Because of a lot of complaints that it's starting to interfere with astronomy, they've redesigned the newest ones that are going up so that they're not reflecting back down. Oh, okay. So, so they're, they're going to, they're going to be really low earth orbit. There's going to be tens of thousands of them and they're designing them to be stealth. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that we could easily hide a whole fleet of spaceships up, up in space in plain sight. So I really I, do. I wrote down a couple of the, the spaceship names that he had disclosed. <laughs> One of them's the USS Enterprise, right? Well, well, so get the, it's the USS Hillenquater and the USS LeMay are two of them. United um, States Space Service? Space? Uh, yeah. You, you're guessing <laughs> United <laughs> okay. States Spaceship, uh, maybe. Oh, so so Trump thinks he's creating uh, um, Space Force and it already exists. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, interesting. Anyway, go ahead. But uh, he described them to looking like submarines out in space. It's pretty that would make sense. What, you know. And that goes with the whole cigar shape kind of thing. But yeah, this guy, he came out with all this stuff and he's he's lucky to just be getting community service over there in, in England. So uh, I just well, think it's, a, it's a wild thing. And and look, I'm just a guy who's who has a normal job, who has a normal family. This stuff's interesting to me, right? I'm not saying I need to go believe every tiny little detail of it. But what I find interesting is is stuff like what I was saying before, right? Like how Gary had hacked this thing. He came out to the press giving these details, specifically about Solar Warden, right? Uh, uh-huh. And then several years later, the U.S. government releases these documents. And in Reagan's diary, he discloses this information. Hmm. So that's that that right there. And then also the whole Bob Lazar Element 115 thing. Um, and I, it's hard to say all of this is real without all of the data being right in front of me. That's the kind of person I am. Okay. I like to believe the craziness. I like to believe the occult. I like to believe in Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, all that fun stuff because it's fun, right? Yeah. I want but to believe. I want to. I want to. <laughs> yeah. But unless I have the data in front of me and the whole picture laid out, it's kind of, you're still kind of in that area where you're like, uh you know what I it's, mean? Well, that's that's what we we always talk about. Is it acceptably real? You know, we don't know yeah. if it's really real, and we don't know if it's fake. It, but it's does it fall in that gray area? Sure, sure it does. It's possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, think of it. If if we did have some sort of connection with already an already established connection with extraterrestrials. And we were partnering with them for some reason, and we had a space force out there, and these UFOs are actually known to us. That would that would make the U.S. government want to discredit every single sighting. Right. Yeah. Um, you know what I was thinking about after our other episode a couple weeks ago. Uh huh. Um, we talked about. We did talk about Bob Lazar a little bit, but I know, I know you're a fan of Joe Rogan, and you maybe have listened to quite a few of his his stuff and his episodes with guests. I, um, I still have. I've got that one bookmarked, but I haven't listened to it yet. So, you you probably know about Blink One Eighty Two, the band, um, and Tom DeLonge, who left. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but so he's always been a, a crazy not not a crazy but a, a enthusiastic UFO, enthusiastic UFO nut. His story yeah. is very similar to mine in that when I was little in elementary school, I'd check out books from the 
elementary school library about Bigfoot and alien abductions and Loch Ness Monster. Um, and so it's funny they would have that in a school library. <laughs> I, you know what? I guess I never thought about that when I was that young, but they did. And um, the funny thing is when Tom was on there, he said the exact, he was, you know, did the exact same thing. Um, checking out books like that when he was very young. And so you may, you, maybe you have an affinity to this stuff, but um, you know, he was saying all this stuff, making these huge, bold claims that he's, he's in with the government now. Um, and this was recorded maybe two years ago um, and helping the government release some videos and um, proving that aliens exist. <laughs> and so um, I found that interesting because Rogan was really like, it kind of get, you could see that, you know, Joe was um, kind of laughing him off a little bit or not taking him seriously. Um, but he is almost single-handedly responsible for the gimbal and the go fast videos that have been released this year. And those were the videos that he was talking about in his interview with Joe Rogan. Oh, and and so that was him and his team. And I, I actually got pretty interested in it. And he, uh, he created the two of the, two of the stars Academy and he released these books, um, like secret machines. I have one, I haven't listened to it yet where he goes on to kind of fictionally explain how the government started in contact with UFOs. And, and you know what? You could excuse this guy as being a UFO nut or whatever, but when he's in the government and he, you know, I found the former members of ATIP from the old Pentagon UFO team and he's with these guys, you have to give him some credit, right? And so in his interview that he had with Joe Rogan, um, he had either gotten a call or he was interviewing some high-level military official and the high level military official looked him straight in the eye and said, we found a body during the cold war. And that kind of blew my mind. And so I went down the rabbit hole a little bit with his stuff um, while trying to maintain a, a scientific and skeptical kind of point of view mm -hmm. um, and not to believe everything that I heard, but I definitely found it fascinating. You know, that, combination with what I've heard about Gary McKinnon, what I've heard about, um, you know, Bob Lazar. Like, yeah. It's just one of those things. Like if you're in a small village and one, one person goes, there's a, there's a wolf nearby, you know, and then you might dismiss him because there's no wolves that live near your village. Another person goes, Oh, look, I saw the same wolf. Okay. Well, I don't know. You guys might be on drugs or something. There's definitely no wolf here, but then maybe the third or fourth person see start, starts, you know, claiming they see this wolf and, Eventually, you kind of get the impression that, oh, well, maybe there is some substance to these claims, right? And so that's how I'm kind of taking all of these things. And I'm sure that these figures aren't the only figures who will come out with claims such as these. And so that's that's kind of what gets me. And I, I'm sorry if I seem so excited about it, but this no, no, it's okay. So, yeah. Well, I mean, as I, I've said on a uh, episode back in, jeez, uh, I don't know, some sometime in season one of our show. Uh, I've known three people who were in military intelligence. One was Navy. I think the other two are the Air Force. One one was one of my, um, I'm not going to say who it was, uh, but they all they all told me, all three of them, UFOs are real. I can't tell you why I can know that. All I can tell you is I believe in them. 
yeah. and I can't tell you why. And and I know one of the guys had top secret clearance because no, I don't want to go into that because I might out him. And then another one was uh, a commander, a former commander in the Air Force. And they didn't reveal any secrets to me, but I, I just don't want to out them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And another one was stationed in Alaska spying on the, um, on the Russians. Oof. And he said exactly the same thing. And he said they would see them all the time. And my father, who was a pilot, then again, he was my dad and he was sometimes prone to tall tales, although some of them turned out to be true to my amazement, used to say he's seen them more than once while he was flying long distance in one of his small airplanes. You know, things that he said were impossible. And then you have some astronauts, including, wasn't a Buzz Aldrin? Mm-hmm. who said he's seen some shit out the window in space going, I can't explain that. He's an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's one of the things that got redacted from the pictures that you're talking about. I don't doubt it. Um, but you so, know I, I'm a subscriber and I don't want to go too much. My mind is open. Yeah. My mind is open too. And I am a subscriber to the Gaia theory and it kind of got me excited because I read a little book today or I was reading a little book today by some author who I know. Um, and he actually brought this up in his book. Uh, oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of got excited because we had, I don't think we've talked about it before, but maybe we did. Um, uh, we probably where, touch on it. Yeah. Where the, where the, it's a theory in that the earth and everything on it, including us are, it's kind of like an organism. Yeah. Um, and we're all a part of the earth. And I, I do love that theory. Um, but I mean, we, we only know what we know. Right. And I know uh-huh. this before and as humans, we're like ants to different things in space. Like we're, I don't know. We're, yeah. we're, we're less than ants to a lot of things in space. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. We're like bacteria. Am- amoebas. But, uh, well, well, actually we're more than amoebas. We're hydra at least. <laughs> Flatworms. Imagine all, man. I just, I found that stuff interesting and I found, um, it just seems like more and more, maybe, maybe I'm just getting kookier as I get older. Um, the world, the world is getting kookier. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, I think so. We live in the craziest freaking year that has ever happened as far as I know. No, I, I agree. Um, I mean, as far as I've been alive, I know, you know, if you were born in certain dates in, in like 1900 or 1950, your life would be drastically different if, than if you were born in like the late 80s like I was. Oh, yeah. But uh, at the same time, I think we're definitely fortunate in that we're not, you know, at least right now in, in a kind of big, huge world war and we don't have to worry about you know, the Soviets or the commies coming to attack our land. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord, I think we're in an even more precarious position than that right now. Yeah, just have to we're going to have neighborhoods against neighborhoods, and then we're going to get invaded by Russia who are going to, like, try to, quote, unquote, help us, you know? Yeah. Just like the U.S. has done to many other countries. 
it may be our turn now. <laughs> it's something else, you know. I mean, definitely, uh, you're you're on point with that. Like our foreign policy is is kind of cuckoo. You know, we can. It's like, who are we to say that other governments of other countries should be democratic or should be a certain way? Yeah, and we we can't even blame the current administration for that. It's been that way f- for a long time. Um, and, and, and I would like to take this cause I, I know we probably have listeners on both sides of the pol- political fence. I would really, really like to take this opportunity to say, people, let's try to work toward the middle instead of being to the far right or far left, because we, we really need to be united in the United States. And that means that actually we need to work together. And both sides, please, please try to uh, compromise. Like our founding fathers compromised like crazy to get the union to even work in the beginning. We lost that. We need to keep that going. That is the true United States. The USA stands for the United States of America. Let's get united. And that's the as political as I'm going to get, you know, I'm that's it. Yeah. I'm done. It's it's just like people forgot how to have normal debates and just, you know, forgot that debating was a thing, but that fighting was the only thing you could do, you know. It's it's, like, it's all hate. That's yeah. all I'm seeing on Twitter. And I, I don't know why I got back on Twitter. But I did. I got sucked in lately, and I'm back on it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm just trying to put positive messages out there, and that's it. But anyway, if there are you, oh, uh, you know, for some reason, this kind of segues into something. Um, there's a movie I've never seen, but today I saw the preview of it and it's an old movie. It's like the last really big, good Nicolas Cage movie okay. where he's in, and I, I don't know the whole story, but from, from what I, I saw, it, it looked really interesting because apparently he's got this series of numbers and he's thinking that these numbers are predicting these future events. And he's out trying to, 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 prevent him from happening and he's not not able to and apparently what is about to happen is a huge solar flare is going to wipe out most of hum- humanity and spoiler alert it turns out and I, I don't know why I know this uh, th- he said either angels or aliens come down and at least save the children at the end and then we all die <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that doesn't sound too far off from reality right now. It really doesn't. <laughs> well, so yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> there's a happy note. I'm so sorry. <laughs> At least save the children. <laughs> you know, there was an incident in like the sixties in Australia, you know, uh-huh. also in Africa and in the sixties in Australia and some year in, in the, Maybe in the '60s too, in Zimbabwe or some somewhere in Africa. Anyway, I always love that name. Yeah, and uh, basically, each time there was near a school of school children, 
um, where a UFO came down, supposedly little green men or something, little creatures came out and 300 school children in Melbourne, near Melbourne, Australia saw these things. And the same thing happened in a country in Africa with school children. And that's, that was kind of weird little things that, you know, kind of made me think of when you said that they would take the children, children. Huh. Well, they were only taking the children because the world was going to end. <laughs> it's like women and children first. No, just take the children. <laughs> Let's have a fresh start on planet five, plan, plan nine from outer space. Something like that. What do you think that, well... Let's say hypothetically that we live in a civilization in a government or in a, in a country where the government has all this access to this high tech data and um, information that could potentially better the lives for the trillion or, you know, the people of many people of earth. Eight, eight, um, billion, eight billion and counting. Yeah. Or maybe it's up to nine by now. Who knows? I remember in elementary school and it was still like six billion. Yeah, I remember when it was four billion. <laughs> it's, a, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, we're gonna have our, our cloud cities soon, hopefully to to give space or find another planet to to move people to. Um, Flying cars are coming. Uh, did you see that? Well, I saw some. some to- Toyota is developing one. It sh- it might be in service by twenty twenty two. Aren't they like big drones that yeah see in it? Yeah, uh, eight eight rotors. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if they're safe enough, I guess. I have a little drone, and I don't know if I would trust uh, something to go on it. But well, the, the so what it is, you know, how our drones have four rotors. Well, these have eight, two on each each um, spindle. Okay. And so, if one or two or three of them go out, you could still safely land. So that's why they have eight. But anyway. I digress. Well, back back to my thing. Like, what would you do if you knew that the government have a, had all this like super awesome information that they're just suppressing? I would think that, especially if they had access to zero point energy, mm-hmm. that they're holding it back because it's too dangerous. Really? Well, don't don't you think that's what uh, the whole Tesla Nikola Tesla had claimed that he had some type of free energy. And and notice after he died, the U.S. government grabbed all his papers and took them away and hid them, and now nobody knows where they're at. Yeah. I I don't know that's a fact, but it said it in the in the the Tesla um, book I read when I was because he's a character in one of my stories, so I had to I had to do some research on him, and I thought that was interesting. But think about it: if you found something that is unlimited energy, because Zero point energy was be would be unlimited. Could be so easily used to make something that would be so destructive that it would be too dangerous to even touch it. Right. I mean that that would be like unlimited energy. You could blow up the entire planet because it's unlimited energy. You're you're pulling it right out of reality itself, basically. Yeah. Zero point energy is scary. <laughs> well, if if you know the story about him and Edison and, and Edison and his yeah. man, because he pretty much had a company. It wasn't just him. 
uh-huh. inventing these things. And, you know, I think Edison had DC and, and Nikola had that. Yeah. He yeah. kind of won at the end of the day, but um, yeah. in that, in that kind of story, it was kind of like Edison was the man and Tesla was like fighting against the man. Yeah. And the, had the stronger technology. That guy, that guy, if anybody was an alien, that guy was an alien. He you claimed know? toward the end of his life that he was in contact with aliens did you know that? Well, I don't. No, no. Well, no. he ended the, up what? in like an apartment by himself with like in love with a pigeon. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, people don't discount that, but they do think that he, what he was because he was experimenting with things, and what it was, uh, he was hearing things that he didn't know how to interpret because he was way ahead of everybody else. And he was what he was doing without knowing it was radio astronomy, but he didn't know what he was hearing. And so, uh, theoretically, or some people surmised that when he thought he was getting signals from space, he was hearing pulsars. The you know the 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 signals from a pulsar because they they do sound like someone's trying to contact you. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. Pretty so but you know you know what it's like people like Tesla people like uh, the guy you, I don't know if you know what Coral Castle is in Florida but the guy who made Coral Castle. Um, oh yeah. The guy yeah. With a crazy who supposedly had these secret lost. Um, knowledge of how to move huge bowlers with just by himself. I don't know. They don't know if it was like magnetism or stuff like that, but there's just think about all the knowledge that that's been lost throughout time with just with people, right? Uh, with Tesla, with this guy, Coral Castle, with it just, it blows my mind because people today, they look at their lives, they have the internet and they, I think people get kind of lost in the idea that what's there is there, you know, that there's nothing there to be discovered because everything's kind of been discovered, you know, oh, I, think people, yeah. I think people have lost the idea of wonder. Oh, I, I don't. I, or at least I haven't. Not uh, you, Jerry, we're not talking about you. We're talking about most of the, the Zen now people in the world, you know? I well, mean, I, I think the people who are listening to us are into wonder. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening. I think they are too, but I'm, I'm saying like the, you know, the neighbor, yeah, yeah, the, I, you know, you know what I mean. The, the corporate, the corporate suits who don't know how to have an imagination. <laughs> exactly, and it's just, I don't know, it's kind of sad, but that's why I like talking about this stuff. That's why I think people listening to this like hearing this stuff because um, it's cool and it's fascinating, and it's. It's definitely acceptably real. Thanks for listening to the Acceptably Real podcast with Joe and Jerry. Eager for more? Visit us at acceptablyreal.com or like us on Facebook at Acceptably Real Podcast. Hey, it's Sherry. I am happy to announce that on August 1st, 2020, my latest novel is out. It's another comedy, fantasy, mystery, love story type novel. This one's set right before the pandemic hit. 
well, because that's when I wrote it. And the main character is a down-on-his-luck tech entrepreneur who lost almost everything in a bad deal and a lawsuit and decides to reboot his life by opening up a computer repair shop for secret reasons of his own in a small Oregon seacoast town. There he is seduced by a mysterious young witch and, while on a walk along the ocean one morning, he sees something he knows is impossible. And yet, there it is. This leads him into a secret the town has been keeping since the 70s and throws everything he's ever believed about reality right out the window. The book is called No Such Thing as Mermaids and is available now on Amazon.com and soon at most other major online bookstores, both in print and ebook editions. You could also find links to it on my personal website, jerryjdavis.com. Thanks!